Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. We are, we are going to get this program back to where it deserves to be. And when we get there, you know, we're, we're going to stay there because of the foundation that we're building. And that's what I'm excited about. You have the choice. This is your business. What do you want to invest your time in? I tell guys, man, if, if they don't like hard work, do not come here. Yo, welcome to All Things Covered with Patrick Peterson and Bryant McFadden, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. The name says it all. If you like what you hear, make sure you leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. But check this out. You can also watch us on YouTube. Just go out and visit youtube.com slash allthingscovered. So make sure you subscribe and turn on your alerts right away so you can get this show ASAP. Pat P., Man, you know how we do it. Another big time show. What are we going to cover on this Sir, episode? We've got another amazing episode planned. This episode is going to serve as our official Vikings training camp segment. Also, we have to say goodbye to one of our favorite segments. And when we come back out the break, we're going to chop it up with your head coach at your alma mater. Florida Mike. State. Yes, sir. Mike Norvell. Norvell. Go Nose. Stay tuned. Got some important news we must we got we must announce we must continue to harp on and emphasize the awards plug guess what because of you guys our fans listeners viewers we've been nominated for two awards nominated in two categories for the people's choice people's podcast choice. award yes sir not even a year in existence we we're making big time news just by being nominated is a huge achievement but we want to do more than that Pat P didn't want to get drafted just to be an average cornerback. He wanted to be the best. I didn't right. get into the media game just to be an average analyst. I wanted to be the best. So guess what we did? We combined those skill sets to create this amazing platform for you guys to watch and listen to. And people are starting to really notice that we're pretty good at this thing. So yes, make sir. sure you guys, it's, it's only 60 seconds, man. We need you to help us get to the final round. Like I said, it takes less than 60, 60 seconds to be exact to nominate all things covered. Go to the podcastawards.com slash app slash sign up. Or if you're watching us, if you're a fan, if you're a fan, a fan of the show, you go to our Twitter bio. It's in the link. If you go to our Instagram bio, it's in the link. If you go to the actual uh, show, when you go to scroll and, and hit on different shows, you will see in the top handle as well. So clearly there are many different ways for you to find what you need to do and go do it. So if you're really, really rocking with us, if you're rocking with us, rock with us. Show yeah, us, go give click. us your support. And Pat P, I'm just going to throw this out here. I know you probably didn't agree to it just yet. But if we do win one of these awards, Pat What's P's going to sign a Minnesota Vikings number seven jersey. And yeah. we're going to pick a fan who can showcase and who can show us that they actually voted for us and we're going to randomly select a fan and send them that jersey that Pat P is going to sign for that outstanding, awesome fan. So you know how they have the vaccination card? You got to show us, you got to show us some type of, uh, you got to have what credibility. You got to be credible to show us no that you actually voted for us, right, Pat P? No doubt about it. 
for you to get that number seven jersey. See, I got mine. I got the I got the first one that you know what I mean. So yeah, but you might get true. the second or third. It might be a white when you get that Pat P number seven signature on there. That's gonna go a long, long way. Yes, sir. So you guys know what you gotta do. But we gotta win go at vote. least one. Go vote. Go vote. Oh, first quarter of the show. You guys know what time it is. We chop it up. Chopping it up segment. This is a very, very special segment for our very own Pat P. Pat P, he's not just, he's just not a, he's not a, just a terror on the football field. This man's a terror in a good way on the golf course. A few <laughs> weeks ago, he participated in the American Century Championship tournament with us. Who's of who was there? Listen, if you wasn't a big time guy, if you wasn't a big time personality, you couldn't get on the course. So you had to be a, a heavy hitter <laughs> just to have a golf club in your hand, better yet to be able to be a spectator. But he was there. Tournament notes, our very own Pat P finished 23rd, one spot ahead of a divisional foe who could be a divisional foe or could be a non-divisional foe in Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Vinny Del Negro, uh, I'm sorry, Vinny De- Del Negro beat John Smokes in a playoff to win. Only football players to finish ahead of Pat P, CBS own retired Tony Romo, Sterling yeah. Sharp. Play with Sterling I- on Saturday. Okay, on Saturday. Your teammate, Adam Thielen. You said Adam got a nice game, Pat P. I Carson Palmer, Alex Smith. Only one of those guys is still active, and that's Pat P's teammate, uh, Adam Thielen. Pat finished with an eagle on 18 on Sunday on his birthday. That's where you saw the clip that went viral. <laughs> Pat P jumped into the water. He, I know he didn't have his phone on him because he was able to text me, so he nah. must have put his phone down. <laughs> jumped into the water. Uh, but Pat P, man, give us a recap, man. How was it uh, just being in that tournament, golfing with so many outstanding individuals, and seeing that you finished – you know, pretty good. You you had a real good finish, man. Tell us about yeah. that experience. Mac, I'm going to go back to the uh, to the 18th hole real quick. All right. So I knew I was going to jump in the water for one. If you look at it. But clip, you got to make you got to make it right. So, you know, you tell us. You, I knew I was going to make it. Did you see me? I, I, I took my golf shoes off. I knew oh, so, I was yeah, there. that is right. OK. OK. So you your, your confidence was at all time. I am making that. Man, listen, because I had to make that putt. Man, Carson had a very, very healthy wager. On the last hole. What was that wager? We all, uh, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't put it out there, but just know your boy came through. Okay. So anyway, hit a hit a nice drive on um on 18. I tell my caddy because I'm like 150 out. I mean, I piped the drive. I had to hit about 340. So I had to go over a tree. So my 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 uh and it's a lake on the left-hand side, and it's the I'm sorry, it's like a little pond on the left-hand side and the lake on the right-hand side. The day before I was in the same position, Matt. And I put that son of a gun on the beach. <laughs> this. I mean, I had the perfect shot and put it on the beach. So the Sunday comes around, like I said, in the same position. I got to hit like a nice high draw over this tree that's kind of protecting the green. And my caddy was like, man, you want to lay up today? I'm like, hell no, man. I got to get eagle right here. Man. I got I got something on the line, man. I got to come through. I know I need the eagle to at least push the bet or at least win the bet. So anyway... Like I said, I'm about 150. I hit a nice little smooth 9-9, hit it right over the tree. It falls about seven feet short. So I'm walking mm-hmm. up there like, Mike, I need this eagle, Mike. I really, really need this eagle, you know what I mean, for, for me to finish. Obviously, finish on a strong note. And obviously, because Carson, he was playing right behind me, too. Oh, Literally, so you're like the rabbit. Right you know, he chasing yeah. you. <laughs> yes. He's right behind me. So I'm like, Mike, we need this eagle on seven feet. So me, it's me, Canelo. Hey, who was oh Brian McCann was our uh, uh Atlanta uh old time Atlanta Brave. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he was our third. So I put it close, like I said. So Canelo the day before had jumped in the water. You know, he, he actually didn't jump in the water the day before he made an eagle as well. He did his little signature knockout punch with the left hook. 
Yep. So I, I said, Canelo, if I make this eagle, I know I said, when I make this eagle, we all jumping in the lake. And I was like, hell yeah, sure, I'm all in. So as as they told me they was all in, I started taking on my shoes as my uh, as my caddy Mike Mike Magical reading the putt. So Pat P, taking check on- this out real quick. You had a lot of pressure on you because you I already did. gave the rest of the guys <laughs> heads up, and you took your shoes off. So if you missed, man, you I had did. egg on your face. Listen, man, I been I was putting the ball well all day. Like literally, I just I was hitting all of my line, all of my line. Just a couple of in the early round, a couple of putts didn't fall. Yep. But I'm hitting the ball great. Like, I have so much confidence in my putter stroke. So I start taking on my shoes. That's Mike Magical. My caddy, he's reading the putt. Taking on my shoes. Took all everything out of my pocket. Gave it to mm-hmm. him. I said, Mike, we're making, this, we're making this putt. And we're jumping in the lake. He's all right. Line up the putt. Like I said, it's about seven feet. Boom. As soon as I hit it, I knew I was going to make because I started looking at it and making sure it was going to turn at the right angle that I looked of where I measured it to turn at. Yeah. Man, that sucker went in. I didn't even watch the ball go in the hole. I literally, I started, I turned off running right before the ball went in the hole, jumped in the lake. It was the greatest birthday present from the golf guys that I have ever received. I mean, it was unbelievable. The energy was phenomenal. Yeah. And like I said, the fact that Carson was right behind me, so he had to wait. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> like I said, we had already jumped in the lake. We left everything on the green, our bags, our shoes. So we jumped in the lake, obviously, you know, congratulating me, uh, everybody congratulating me and everything. Then that, I don't think they showed it, but now I'm, I'm running all soaking wet back on the green, grabbing everybody's bags, everybody's shoes mm-hmm. to get it off the green so Carson and his group could find it to finish. But that was <laughs> that was by far my uh, my greatest moment in all of my years at the American Century. I was going to ask. I was going to ask you because I know you participate in that event every year. Um, mm-hmm. But clearly, you just answered that question. Just yeah. that moment alone, and just mm-hmm. so many people capturing it. You see the fans; everybody kind of just moved out of the way. They kind of poured like the red sea for you to get to the lake, and seeing everybody right. just it, jump in with you. Right. You know what I mean? So, but like I said, that was a lot of pressure because if you don't make it, you got egg on your face. Mac, I knew I was making it. Mac, I took my shoes off before I even jumped in the lake. Before I even, but while, while I'm walking up there, I started unlacing my shoes. Because mm. I always wanted to jump in the lake anyway. And you, when you make an eagle on 18, it's kind of like the thing to do. Yeah. To jump it's in the it's lake. like an unwritten rule. That's something you exactly. got to do. Exactly. Gotcha. Then, gotcha. Then next thing you know, I heard Steph Curry came right behind me in eagle. Three, three, three groups later. And he jumped in the lake as well. <laughs> I don't know if he jumped in the lake, but I know last year he jumped in the lake when he made an eagle there. So okay. I'm not sure. But overall, the weekend was unbelievable. I had my family there. Um, my girls was there with me, cheering me on, my wife, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law. It was just an unbelievable weekend because, uh, like, every year, for some odd reason, my birthday falls on the week of the American mm-hmm. Century. So it's always a great tournament. It's always a great turnout. And to have the fans back this year made it that much more incredible. And you said something that was very, very important, I think, for my ears. You said last year, Steph Curry jumped in the lake mm-hmm. and this past basketball season, as an individual, Steph Curry put up some real hellified numbers. Yeah. So if that same juju can follow hey. his foot, hey. footsteps as an individual, you jumped in like this year, maybe that late. Hey. Because hey. <laughs> hey, he was in that MVP conversation for quite some time. Put the team on his was. back and he was carrying. So let's see if that same lake, that lake, that, 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 that juju can follow you. Yeah, no question. Because if it, heck, if it, if it do, you just jump in the lake anyway. Next year, when you go in back in hey, 2022, I can make a birdie. I'm gonna jump in the lake. Yeah, just jump in. Just park. jump in. I'm gonna jump in the lake. <laughs> yeah, but it was a phenomenal event, man. You know, I got Pat P. He, he he's a terror on the golf course, man. And if you guys haven't seen the clip, 
is an unbelievable clip. Just the atmosphere, how electrifying it was, the energy. I mean, that's what golf is about. That's yeah, how you get golf, more spectators to be more involved in golf, seeing that type of energy. No doubt about it. And the only thing I would say negative about that weekend is my Saturday round was so bad, man. I think I scored six points on Saturday, which was, I don't know what it was, because my hands was kind of slippery. I'm not making no excuses. That and Sunday, I went and got me some baby powder. Oh, oh man, my, <laughs> my hands were nice and dry. It was kind of humid up there, uh, humid out there Saturday. Yeah. So my hands were a little bit sweaty on Saturday, and I played not very well. I shot an 81, I believe, on Saturday, but I bounced back on Sunday, you know, capturing it up with a, uh, with a good solid round. I think I shot yeah. a 60, I'm sorry, 76, if I'm not mistaken, 76, gotcha. 77. But it was a great tournament, man. I always loved that tournament. We, as players and celebrities, we called that our our masters. Yeah, no that's, question. Our, that's our masters tournament. No question, no question, no question. Well, shout out to American Century for another uh, uh, another outstanding event. Like I said, it was a few mm -hmm. weeks ago, but we finally got a chance to recap uh, Pat P's uh, finish, and he did he did well, he did well. The only active player that played better than Pat P was his teammate Adam Thielen. So you know what? These two guys gonna have a nice little battle. Uh, I told you, <laughs> you're gonna have a nice Remember little I, battle. We talked about it. We talked about it last two weeks ago, I believe. Alan, yeah, we're, we're Harrison Allen, right? Yeah, Adam is probably probably a notch better than me. For sure, yeah, for sure. There we have it. There we have it. For all the Viking fans that have been following us, listening to us, watching us, this is your time to shine. This is the school check-in. School check-in. And I'm going to tell you this much. The next time we release a full episode, training camp will have begun for the Minnesota Vikings. Pat P is currently in Minnesota in his new, his new pad. Vikings yep. training camp break, break down the practices start next Wednesday, which is the 28th. 28th through the 31st, no pads. The first padded practice is August the 2nd. They have a joint practice with the Denver Broncos on August the 11th and the 12th. Uh, the first preseason ball, ball game will be against the Broncos, and I think that's in Minnesota August the 14th. Football is here. It Football is. Here. I mean, you got this week, you got the Steelers and the Cowboys reporting to camp early because they have the Hall of Fame game and the remaining uh, NFL teams report the following week. Man, football is here. Some recent Viking notes we have to hit on. Michael Pierce, Pierce suffered a calf injury. Uh, training camp availability is in doubt, but they say, they're saying he should be ready to go by week one. Pat P, as an individual, you're a veteran, been around for quite some time. You know, what are your individual goals for training camp? Oh, you know, honestly, Mac, I never really set training camp goals, you know, but for the most part, you know, every day I, I write, I write myself a letter every, well, not a letter, but I write myself a few words every day, just a, as a reminder, it's an opportunity to, to get better, be better and get better. That's, yeah. that's my message to myself after every practice, after every film study, uh, film session I watch, even if it's a bad, a bad film session or a good film session. Be better, get better. Because at the end of the day, if you're gonna be better and willing to get better, you're gonna be where you wanna be at the end of the year. You know, you want, you're gonna end up being where you, want, where you wanna be when it's all said and done. So, you know, my goal is obviously, you know, continue bringing up these young guys, continue being Pat P. You know, I feel like I had a great OTAs, mini camp, um, feel real confidence with the defensive scheme, uh, I'm just ready to play ball. You know, like you said, football is here. You know, this this time of the year, 
always get very anxious because, you know, it's nothing like being on the gridiron with the guys, you know, putting that work in with your teammates, fighting for that one common goal. And that's obviously collecting enough wins to get in the playoffs and to win a championship. You know, I felt like we took some some strides. This 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 OTAs and minicamp. Uh, uh, a lot of a lot of guys are, are are very in tune with this upcoming season. Season. A lot of guys have a lot of enthusiasm about the season. So I'm excited to see how this training camp is going to go. But my my main goal for myself is to get better and be better. No question. When you look at the team goals, you know this is the your first stint uh, with the Minnesota Vikings. I know for me. When I became a vet, you know, I, there were certain things that I looked for in the team collectively. You know what I mean? For us, when it comes to continuity, the uh, the chemistry on both sides of the football, just the depth. You know, are there anything you anything you're watching in totality with the team? You know, during training camp, throughout training camp. Um, yo, for sure, I, I definitely want to continue to see just the morale continue to build, just mm-hmm. the, the energy that we have, just always have that. Like uh, I remember BH to always say, we don't need none of that fake juice. <laughs> you know, we don't need no <laughs> fake juice. We want yeah. we want guys that's coming there to work and really dialed in each and every day. You know, guys taking care of one another, being brothers keepers. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, you're only good as, your, as the man next to you. So no we question. Want, we want to make sure that everybody's on the same page. Everybody is locked and dialed in because it's a long season and we're going to need everybody at some point. Some point. Every, every guy that's on that roster at some point is going to play. You know I mean? I tell all the young guys not like, I remember my young guy, Jace last year in Arizona, just very, you know, he was undrafted, came from Arizona, uh, university of Arizona. He came in, he was like, man, you know, just very flush. I'm like, bro, be patient. Trust me. You're going to get your time. Better be ready. No doubt about it. When you get, when that time come, you have to be ready. So my biggest thing is making sure these young guys are ready, making sure the guys, the backups, make sure they understand, not only understand their role, but also understand what they mean to the team. Mm-hmm. Because once a, a starter or a guy in front of you goes down, we can't have no drop off. Nope. We got we to gotta be able to trust you. We got to be able to believe in you that you can go in there and get the job done. So yep. my, my main thing is, Continue building these guys' confidence. That's that that's backed up, and also helping ha- having these young guys and you know the guys who are backing up starters understand that you know don't get in your feelings because at some point you're gonna play. Then when you do play and mess up, who fault is that? Yeah, your fault. So always be ready. No question. I can tell you the one thing that I'm watching for the Vikings with the Vikings during training camp: the cornerback battle opposite of you, Pat P. Uh, you got Cameron Danzler, who I love coming out of Mississippi State. Yeah. He will be in year two. You brought in Brashad Breeland. Uh, I don't know exactly the status of Jeff Glagney, who played pretty good football last year. Uh, first rounder, if I'm not mistaken, he was a first rounder last year. Yeah, but right now, you look at the cornerback battle opposite of you. That's going to be an intriguing battle. You know, I love the length of, of and the athleticism of Cameron Dantzler. You love the experience that Brashad Breeland will provide as well. Yeah. So that's going to be a unique battle. And then also the development of Irv Smith. This is year three, mm. I think, for Irv Smith from yes, a second round selection out of Alabama. Talent is there. The potential is there. Now it's time for him to take flight and take off. Rudolph yep. is no longer there. Uh, he's more athletic than Rudolph. He just needs to be able to be more consistent. But I think this is going to be a huge, huge year for Irv Smith, not just because of his individual skill set that I just highlighted, Pat P. But you look at the offense, right? You got a running back who is a star in yeah. Dalvin Cook. Five you got, star. 
You got an up and coming star in Justin Jefferson, and you got a guy who's nothing but a red zone nightmare for most opposing defenses and Alan Thielen, not to mention he's a guy that can move the chain and very, very consistent in the offense. So you really can't devote a lot of attention to Dalvin. If you do, you're going to give opportunities for Thielen and Justin Jefferson. So Irv will have, he will have matchups in his favor. Yeah. He just got to cash in. I think he will. So that's, that's that. These are things that I'm going to monitor from afar. And uh, hopefully I get a chance to come up to Minnesota and uh, be in, be there in person. Maybe we can kind of do a little mini ATC show, right. all things covered mm-hmm. show right there in Minnesota, right off the grass, man, get it popping. But we will like see. That. But those are something that I'm watching out for. And I know the Viking fans, they're probably nodding their head as they listen to me or watch me because they're like, yo, yeah, Herb Smith, it's time for Herb to take off. Hey, Pat yeah. P, you've been in, this is year, what, 11? 11. Yeah, 11. Give me your best training camp memory. Whoa. Best training camp memory? Yeah, funny memory, uh, uh, something that you probably never forget, (laughs) you know, an experience. Yeah, I'll never forget when uh, Michael Bidwell asked me to take his helicopter. So I believe it was training camp, maybe seven for me, if I'm not mistaken. You took the helicopter and go where? Just go. He wanted me to arrive to training camp in his helicopter. He just bought his new Italian helicopter. It was very... I mean, very tricked out. You know, it's, it's like the top of the line helicopter. Mm-hmm. And uh, he asked me to do it. I was like, heck, heck yeah, I would do it. And, you know, it was like a 15-minute, you know, flight from Scottsdale over to Glendale. And, um, yeah, we I, I took the helicopter ride over there, landed on a great lawn uh, right there in front of the stadium. And uh, that was probably my best memory because I would never thought I would have been like an, an Antonio Brown. You know, coming up to a training camp in a in in, in a style no that I came in, but uh, I, I would probably say that was the best one that uh my my best training camp memory for sure. Ah oh, man, I I got a few. What's your man. best training camp? And Yo. you've been there. You you was there with Antonio, but I don't think he I don't think he was coming in the Rolls Royces and all. No that no no, not time. then. No no, he couldn't afford that <laughs> then when I was there. I, I was only there with two years. Ab he could yeah he couldn't get that. Yo, my best training camp memory was probably one of my one my 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 first. Uh, welcome to the NFL moment, my rookie year. So we had a conditioning test, you know what I mean? So every year we had to run 1440s and you had to run the 40s in a certain time and you had to be back at the starting line at a certain time. So whatever you ran the 40 in at the combine, they wanted you to run, let's say if you run a 4-4, you had to run in the mid to high four sixes, that 40 to uh-huh. hit before the buzzer hits. And you had to be right back at the starting point uh, less than 25 seconds or something like that. It was it was a it was a it, it, it was a battle. So but for me, I felt like I was training real good. I was working out on the beach, running barefoot on the sand. I thought I was in tip top shape. I'm like, man, these old farts can't really mess with me. I'm fresh out of college. <laughs> you know how you feel when you fresh out. You're like, man, these old boys can't mess with me, man. So Pat P, my first my first five. So we had run 14. So we had seven and seven. Man, my first four. I'm first. I'm killing everybody. Uh-huh. So, you know, I didn't know how to pace myself. I just wanted to show people I had my shirt off, my abs all chiseled. Man, I had to let people know I've been working out. Like, I'm ready. Man, I came, I came out and I'm running. So I'm in my own boy. My rookie year. This oh, is the, my, the fresh out the gate. Fresh out. So you already know how I'm feeling. I'm fresh out. I'm like, ladies and boys, no, I ain't playing around, man. Pace yourself, fella. Pace yourself. Listen, Pat, be the first one hit. Ah. I, I hit the line first. I'm jogging back. I'm at the finish. I'm at the start point before everybody else. I'm like, man, these boys are slow. Man, they right. tripping. I'm like, this is easy. 
The second one, the same thing. I remember Hope, see Hope say, hey, Matt, boy, you better chill out. I said, no, I got this, I'm good. We got to the fifth one, the same thing. Boy, when we got to that seven, I said, shoot. <laughs> the, the man's ring kind of tightened up a little bit. I said, hey, it's not, it, it got hotter. I'm like, man, what's going on? We got to that eight, that nine. I said, boy, I said, man, them boys kind of gaining on me a little bit. What's wrong? <laughs> but I got to that 10. Monkey on your like, back. Oh, that back tightened up. <laughs> and you know, you know when you start feeling that lower back, because when you get to the start point where you can rest, you 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 upright, all the way upright. You're trying to you move around a, to find a, a, a arch in your back. Oh man, that arch. <laughs> I started running with that arch in my back. You know how it is when that dog chases you as a child, that head go all the way back. I said, oh, man. Hey, so we got to the 12, we got we got to number 11. I'm like, man, I don't know if I'm making it. I'm like, Mac, what's wrong? So you know how it is, Pat. Anytime you, you do a conditioning drill, you don't never want to kneel down or take right. a knee. You always, they always tell us to stand up. Ain't no air down there. Right. Man, Pat, when I got to that 12 and I finished that 12, man, I laid out. <laughs> it's, it was somebody that shot him. <laughs> when I got to the, when I got to the finish point, I just, wow. <laughs> like, Mac, man, we not done. Get up. So, and get this, Bill Cowher is the guy who has the freaking horn. So he's seen everything. Like, Mac, man, get up, man. You used to get up. What you doing? Like, man, I don't know if I can get it. Like, Mac, don't quit. Man, them last two. Long story short, the first three days of practice, I was on I was on, on the ice bucket. Right. Lower hey. back spasm, <laughs> ham tight. Man, I, I couldn't do anything. No 1440 sat me down. I want to know who came up with that logic that it ain't no air down there. I don't it's know. That's, that's everywhere. It's air everywhere. <laughs> it is. Don't bend down, no air down there. Why it feels like it's air down here, though? No doubt about and it. And it feels so good. Don't it feel like you get hey. more energy when you bend down? Listen. I'm trying to tell you, you feel like you, you recuperate much faster. Man, it feel like, man, you, 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 you take a knee or you, you take a, you know what I mean? It's, the air feels much better down there than up there when you're running. So you, I'm right there with you. That, that, that's the, that, that is, it might be a sports cliche, but I know it's a football cliche. And it's, it's air down there, coach. Stop lying to these players talking about ain't no air down there. There's a lot There's of air. There's definitely some air down there. I agree. I agree. We all know that firsthand. When you're out here running your conditioning drills, Stand up and bend down. Let's see which one feels better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're gonna get you're gonna get more relief on your back. No question. And no I feel question. like I feel like when you just down there, I just I, I just feel like everything just everything just gather up much faster when you're faster. standing up. You just feel like you're panicking when you're standing up. Man, you feel like you, you feel like you can't get enough air. Right. You feel you're like you can't get enough air. <laughs> then the lower back go to tight. When that lower back get tight, you can cancel Christmas. It's Good over. Night. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. Ha! Now it's time for our favorite part of the show. But before we get to our favorite part, make sure you guys stay tuned, stay with us. A little later in the show, we will be joined by Florida State Seminoles head coach Mike Norvell will be joining us. So make sure you stay tuned. But now Pat P has Pat heard. It's my segment, baby. Let's it's go. his segment. Pat's record so far, 43 of 65. Out of 65 questions, he's gotten 43 right. That Winning percentage is 66%. Stories that he's heard before, we, we told him. So he's been doing a pretty good job, clearly above 500 Man. with his uh, uh, correct answers. But we have some breaking news for you guys. Some breaking news, breaking news, Pat P. This will be the final edition of Has Pat Heard of 2021. Why is that? Why is that? Because you about to get ready in the season. This, you know, this was more of an off-season type thing. You know oh, what I mean? Okay, yeah. Okay, okay, so okay. you heading back to camp. Uh, right. You know you're gonna be more. You're gonna be on dry land, so you ain't gonna be moving around. You know, right. be in, hey. the, in the in the in the sky, on the I, ocean. 
Y'all might get me this week because I've been out the country for eight days. Yeah, we're gonna get you. Yeah, we're gonna get you. We, 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 we know the committee has the committee came up with some heck some great questions. So if we got you, we confident. I can't wait we, to hear. We're gonna bring this back and we're gonna do this for our listeners and our, and our viewers. You know, if you wanna if you wanna give us an a, a new segment to implement for has Pat Hurst since we're moving this because he's about to get in the season, let us know. You know, hit us up on Twitter, hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, let us know what you think. But for right now, Pat P. <clears throat> I don't know if he's confident enough to take his golf shoes off for this one to jump in the lake because I don't know if he know if he if he thinks he's gonna make this putt. Number one, first question for you: Which NFL player will ex- accept all future endorsement money in Bitcoin? Oh, it's, I did hear this. It was it was two of them. It's either. Hold on, re- re- rephrase that question one more time. Which NFL player will accept all future endorsement money in Bitcoin? Uh, Trevor Lawrence. Mm. No, no, that's not the one I have. Damn, is it is it Saquon uh, Barkley? Yo, I know oh. I, th- those are two names I had. Because I remember, I remember hearing uh, my man. He just signed a deal. I can't remember who it was with, but he he wanted all of his uh, all of his money to be in Bitcoin. And I did see that uh, Saquon Barkley was going to do that. I, yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. That's why okay. I want you to oh. rephrase that question. So, and, and That's you why know I want what? you to rephrase that yeah. question. And Trevor Lawrence, he's getting his signing bonus signing money bonus. in Bitcoin. And get but, this, Russell Okung, Russell Okung, I'm sorry, who played for the Panthers last year, he received half of his salary, which was $13 million, I think it was, in Bitcoin. And get this, at the highest point in Bitcoin's tenure last year, he turned that 13 million. Well, right. Bitcoin turned that 13 million million into, into 21 million. Yeah, I saw that. So That's if it. he if he converted at his highest point when he hit 21 million, if he converted that back to American dollars, uh, he made some nice money. He made an extra what eight million dollars. So I don't know if he he left right. it there because you know Bitcoin is not as high as it once was, right. you know, especially uh over a year ago. But I mean he made some money, so I would think. He converted back to American dollars to be able to reap some of the benefits of that uh, uh, right. increase. I but we don't so. know. Yeah, we don't know. But Saquon will uh, accept future endorsement money in Bitcoin, and Trevor Lawrence will accept his entire signing bonus in Bitcoin. Okay, you got wow. that one right, Pat P. So let me ask you this Let's one. Go. What injury was Tom Brady reportedly dealing with all MCL. last season? MCL. Okay. All right. I did see that one. Do you do you think the Bucks should be punished for not disclosing uh, that injury? No. Yeah. Well, I think they probably will be punished because yeah, I saw that. Disclose. Yep. Yeah, I saw that. But I, 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 I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think they should be punished. But they definitely are going to get punished. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, you got that one right. Oh, I think That's we got so- we got you right here. Which former first round pick and former teammate of yours? Just retired after 14 years. Say again. Let's go. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. He played one year with you out in Arizona, right? He did. Hey, man. I, I think I, I was in the sky, but God, dog, I was I was tuned in, Matt. <laughs> well, 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 give me this one then. Who is the fastest player you ever went up against or ever uh, seen on the field? Trenton Holiday, by far. Oh, yeah. That boy, my, I mean, my, I remember my freshman year. So my freshman year, we got Demetrius Bird, yep, Trenton Holiday, Brandon LaFell, Chris Mitchell, and I can't remember the other Mitchell first name, but he ended up playing baseball. 
It started with a D. I cannot remember his name right now. But he ended up playing for the White Sox. So he got drafted by the White Sox. Mm-hmm. But th- that was our receiving core, right? So coming to coming to train uh, my my first training camp as a freshman at LSU, you know, everybody be like, man, Trenton Holiday fast, man. I'm telling you, fab. I'm like, you know, I'm fast too. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> man, Trenton Holiday. I was I was playing. It was like an '87 defense, which is a uh, like a, a, a quarters and a man-to-man defense. So yep. quarters on the strength, man-to-man on the back on, on the weak side. side. Yep. So I'm man-to-man on the weak side with no safety help. Man, when I say Trenton ran past me, <laughs> <laughs> that sucker ran past me. Did he throw on the ball? Yes, they threw on the ball. And he was about three yards ahead of me. Because <laughs> I'm off already. Cause So the biggest thing with Trenton, if, if he had a press – Obviously, they weren't throwing the ball because he couldn't get off press very well. Yeah. But when he was off, just run deep, Trenton. And when I say he ran past me, Mac, I ain't getting no hands on him. (laughs) Me, me, he already run at full speed, and I'm backpedaling. As soon as I turn and run, as soon as I open up the gate, man, I look back at that sucker about three, four, five yards in front of me, man, flying. I said, you know what? I'm not playing off on this joker. No. (laughs) (laughs) Better try to get them hands on him, slow down. No doubt about it, baby. No doubt about it. Put that big body on him. <laughs> Man, the fastest, fastest, ah, shoot, that's a tough one. Why? Whew. The fastest. Whew. Hey, I, you, did you play with Mike Wallace? Yes. We, hey, had to, Wallace. we had to see that in practice. Hey, Mike Wallace was a Mike fast Wallace. sugar. Man, too. Mike, I, hey, I had to see Mike Wallace my freshman year too when he was at Ole Miss. Ole Miss, yes. Ooh. I tell you, to tell Mike all the time, he was stupid fast. The thing about Mike Wallace, me, he didn't have no proper no form. form. His Crack arms were everywhere. So His legs were going everywhere. He ain't really got no calf muscles. <laughs> and you know how you know how you can tell a fast guy when you see him walk and that vein part out that calf, you're like, oh shit, yeah, he can go. You know, they, or they walking on their toes, you know what I'm saying? Right. You know, you can tell somebody who got you know kind of fast based on their stature. Mike ain't had right. none of that. Hey, I remember I made a headline on Mike uh Dan Patrick show. I meant Dan Patrick show, the Dan Patrick show when the Super Bowl is in San Francisco. I can't mm-hmm. remember what year that was. But they was asking me about speed. And I said, Mike Wallace and Deshaun Jackson got crackhead speed. And like you said, <laughs> they got no form. They just no running. Form. They yeah. just running. And passes, get out, all get out. Uh, we played against Deshaun Jackson his rookie year. And uh, of course, you kind of know who got drafted where. So we're like, mm-hmm. okay, they got this second round out of second round guy out of Cal. Supposed to be fast. You know, you, we like, oh, everybody fast in this league, man. We not right. him. And this was the young, young, super light Deshaun. Man, right. he went out there and ran a post. Psh, I came back to the <laughs> sideline. I said, listen, I don't know how much longer I'm gonna be in the game, but before y'all boys do get in the game, number ten can go. Don't play around. Don't play okay, around him. You were you, in that situation. You want to open early than late because mm-hmm. if you try to time it. And open a little late, Coach LeBoy still is on time. They even, they leaving. I don't care how fast you are, son. I don't care what they say you run. When they even, they're leaving. You better understand that. But Mike, yeah, Mike was super fast, uh, super fast. But Chris Johnson, Lord have mercy. Chris Chris Johnson, Johnson. yeah, I I played against. I I never played. Matter of fact, I did play against. Nope. Mom, trying to think. I I I might have played against Chris Johnson in 2014. If he was still there, I think it was kind of in and out of the lineup at that time. That Chris but, Johnson, yeah, yeah. And the crazy part yeah. about Chris Johnson was the Steelers almost drafted Chris Johnson. Ooh. The thing that the thing that hurt Chris Johnson in getting drafted by the Steelers, 
He had a neck side. issue. No, oh, he neck. broke his neck at East Carolina. And that's why, you oh, know, he has that twitch. He got that twitch, yeah. Yeah, so I think they were they were a bit, they were afraid of the neck injury, especially with our style of play. Uh, with a running, running back. back. Yeah, yeah, so instead of getting Chris Johnson, we went Rashawn Mendenhall. Yes, boy. And we did some good things with Mendenhall. But if you could imagine Chris Johnson with us, Hey, your boy, your boy Parker was a little bit like Chris Jones, but a little bit bigger though. Fast, well, yeah, yeah, Willie, yeah, fast Willie, fast Willie was fast. Mm-hmm. He was easier yeah. for too. Yeah, no yeah, doubt about it. I'll probably say Chris Johnson, man. That, that Chris Johnson, man. He just, he just, it was like he was floating. Right. He was just, he was just a floater when he was, you know. So you got some guys who are hard runner, some guys mm-hmm. who are smooth. He was just floating. I don't like, I don't like playing against fast guys that float because you can't really determine when they're actually trying to run fast. Right. Exactly. Everything looks the, everything looks the mm-hmm. same. You know what I mean? So, you know, like a DK Metcalf, you know, he's a strong runner. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But when a guy is a floater, they can mm, just sneak scary. up on you. Oh, that's that's how Ted Ginn is, too, though. Ted Ginn is yeah. a floater. He's a floater. He's a floater, I, but he he be riding, though. Yeah. When you, you and you know how it is. When you play DB, you can kind of tell, look at a guy like, oh, he's a strong runner. But I know he's fast, but you can tell when he's putting in mm-hmm. high gear. I right. don't want that guy who just floats. Yeah. Because everything looks the same. You can't tell. You can't, can't tell. tell. nothing. No question. Deshaun no question. Jackson the same way. He just float. All right. This, this is the last question for you. Final question for Has Pat Let's go 100%, will retire. Let's go 100%, Pete. Let's go. What is the official name of LeBron James' new movie? The official name. What? The official name of LeBron James' new movie. I don't know that one, man. <laughs> How you don't know this one? <laughs> This is the easy you talk, one. You talking about Space Jams? Yeah, but what's the official name? Space Jam New Legacy. Okay. Space Jam 2 New Legacy. I it thought you were talking two. about. <clears throat> huh? just, you got you right. I don't know. We got to go space, to committee because he said something space, wrong committee. All right. Space Jam <clears throat> A New Legacy. Did you just look up something? No. Hmm. 100%? Dang. He got 100%. Let's go. I'm going to retire on a good <laughs> note, baby. <laughs> Let's did. go. He did. Until next year. <laughs> Until next year, Pat P got every all of them right. Committee, I thought we had them. Committee no, said they sir. had them. Fans said they, they had them. <laughs> you thought has tense had had hundred percent last has Pat heard. You guys heard it here. Hey, but let us know. We're gonna take has Pat heard out. Let us know what we should implement for has Pat heard. What segment? What should it be called? How should we handle it? We all listening. Let us know. Here we go, listeners and viewers. This seven questions. Matter of fact, we're gonna call this twenty questions because that questions. was Mac numbers. Mac number at the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. So yes, sir. Here we go. We get a chance to interact with you, the listeners and viewers. If you want your questions answered in the future, make sure you leave a a question attached to a five star rating on Apple Podcasts, and we may get it on the show. This one is for. Excuse me if I'm pronouncing your handle wrong. For Chibi. From For Chibi. For Chibi. For Chibi. Yep. I enjoy the show. Keep up the great job. My question as a Florida State fan since the 90s. BMAC, what do you think about Coach Nouvelle and his recruiting this year with all the camps and midnight madness? I'm impressed with him so far. Do you think he's the guy to lead FSU back to greatness? Ah, yeah, I'm impressed, too, with the recruiting. Uh, Florida State only won five games. And, Pat P., you know about this. As a former recruit and a fan of the game, you know, when you getting recruited by a team that didn't do well, you don't really give them the respect 
or the attention, you know what I mean, off top. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of takes some time. Uh, and and But seeing, you know, what he's doing, especially not with the success that we thought we would see last year, clearly he's a guy that can recruit. And that's the first sign of being successful in the college collegiate level. You got to be able to recruit. You got to be able to get people to buy in, not just players, but parents as well, guardians. So right. he's done a real good job in being creative to open different avenues for recruiting, especially during a year where there were so many restrictions, where you can't really have contact with players, prospects. You can't really have uh, them visit you. You got to do a lot of things virtually. But he's been doing a great job. I think right now for the class of 2022, based on the commitments, they're top 10, um, which is huge. You know, mm-hmm. they're top 10. And, That's and big. The, the, to answer his second question, do I think he's the guy that can lead Florida State back to greatness? I believe so, but in, in due time as well, you know, the, 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 to be determined, to say the least, I think uh, this is a very, very important year because you had a full offseason. Last year, you didn't have a full offseason. Not saying that was an excuse, but you get a chance to really get acclimated with the players and the same could be said with the players getting acclimated to the new staff. So, but this mm-hmm. is a this is a, a, a gut check year. Um, the yeah, expectations are always high at Florida mm-hmm. State. And the last few years have been really inconsistent. They've been inconsistent. So this is a gut check year. But so far, you know, I say when I look at college football, Pat P, the first element to being uh, competitive and being consistent, you got to win the, in the recruiting world. You know what I mean? They had yeah. a real good class in 2021. They're also a pretty good class in 2022. And then when you get these kids, you got to be able to develop them. Mm-hmm. So we won't know how well the developmental program is until we actually see it on film. But I can tell you this much, right. they've done a real good job in the weight room. You know, guys right. have gotten bigger, gotten stronger. They're testing well. They're looking better. You know what I mean? So that's the, fir- that's the, the, the first thing you want to see leading up to game time, how these guys look. You know what I mean? You don't want to look the same way you did as a freshman. I'm pretty sure when you got to LSU, you gained muscle mass from freshman year, yep. sophomore year, junior year. You know, yep. that's, that, that, that's a sign of a real good uh, nutrition uh, program, weight program. And I think we're starting to see that. So I do believe he will be able to get Florida State back to uh, that consistency. Um, you know, he has some big shoes to fill. The two coaches that were there before him more than four or five years all won championships, you know, mm-hmm. and Bobby and Jimbo. So, you yeah. know, you're, those are huge uh, shoes to try to fill. But I think he's up for the task. Uh, but before you can win any ball games, you got to win on the recruiting ro- uh, road. And he's done so, so far. So I think so uh, uh, for Chibi. Uh, thank you for being a Florida State fan. But I, I think he can get us back. And, I, and I'm ecstatic about what he's doing so far recruiting. I think what's going to be the turning point for Florida State, you got to have good quarterback play. Because no you're, always gonna have, you're always going to have defensive players. You're always going to have the best of the best skilled players. It's going to come down to the quarterback putting the ball where it needs to be and crunch, and, and, and crunch time moments. Because mm-hmm. we all know we can't, we, you can't run the ball 60 times and expect to beat nobody. No. You're, going to make, you're going to have to make some throws and some decisions to move the chains. So it's going to, to me, it's going to come down to quarterback play. Because yep. Florida State is always – like I said, always going to have a DB, a linebacker, a rusher coming out of the draft. Do you got to think about it. they always have good linemen, running backs, and receivers? So the missing piece to me is going to be the guy who's calling the uh, who, who, who's, who's, who's going to be slinging the rock around the uh, yeah. around the yard. And you know what Herm told us: if you don't have a quarterback that feel one hundred and fifty yards, one hundred and fifty, one hundred and fifty on, on, on every level. On every pop Warner, it doesn't even matter if you ain't got no quarterback, man. That feels not 100 yards. Hey, 
I'm trying to tell you, man. I don't care who you oh, are. You, and you I was wrong. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Florida State only won three games last year. Oh wow, that got to be one of the worst, Matt. I did. Man. Three games. I, I, that, that 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 makes that the recruiting job even that much more impressive. I thought it was yeah five. to win three games and be top ten in the recruiting right now? process. Yeah, that's that's big. That just goes to show that Florida State and, still got the power to bring guys in. And one of the 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 the, the I don't want to say main gets, but one of the top commitments is a kid by the name of Travis Hunter. Oh, the um, corner. The corner. He he plays Where's both he ways. From? He's from Georgia. He's from Atlanta, Atlanta from area, Georgia? if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Okay. And I and, and I don't know if you saw 247 Sports, uh, they came up with their best composite cornerback rankings. Mm-hmm. And uh they had Travis Hunter number, number one, one as the best corner. Ever, yeah, number one, and they had you were on that list. I think you were six. I think you were six or seven, maybe and seven. Had, and you know what? You know, I feel some type of way about two, four, seven in their in their rankings. Uh, Pat, you were seven, but they had me ten. That's too low. And you know why that's too I, low? I let agree. Me, let me, I let me, agree. because <laughs> I'm I'm the oldest one. Number one, I, I'm thankful to be on the list. You know what I mean? Right. That's 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 a nice tribute. But I'm uh-huh. the oldest one. So remember, when I came out of high school, the the, the level of camps that you guys have currently, it wasn't, it wasn't there. I only went to right. one camp. My junior was the Nike camp. Every mm-hmm. every other every other element that you guys have, like the seven on seven tournaments, the different camps where you can go, you can improve your status. I didn't have. So everything yeah. that I had, I, I had I put my paws on people doing real live games. I was just like you, Matt, because I didn't have that either. All I had was a Nike camp as well. Yeah. So so, so these ki- <laughs> these kids can improve a star. I mean, with the blink of an eye. Like you, right. if if I could had the camps that some of these kids had, the way how I played, the same can be said for you. How you played? Oh, mm-hmm. no question. Now, then when I oh, saw, yeah. it, I said, "Wait a minute, I'm ranked too low." <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I agree. Low. Hey, but I, like you said, Mac, I was grateful enough to be on there, man. Yeah, I wasn't I, even I, make it they, they had us on the list. They had us on the list, but we all things covered here. And I feel like seven and ten, you know. But I can tell you this much: we got we got two Florida State guys on that list, and yeah. LSU got two two guys too. You and Stingley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and another thing, I didn't even know Ted again was a corner. I forgot about that. <laughs> I totally forgot about Ted again. He was held as a cornerback. But my thing I didn't is know this: he. Was didn't play one. I don't know if he played one meaningful snap no, at corner in a didn't. game, but yeah, I forgot about that. A lot of people forgot that Tegan was the top corner coming out of high yeah. school. Mm-hmm. He was ranked that number was, two. Uh, that was in 2000, was that five or six? I want to say five or six. Yeah, yeah. Five or six, because he was on that Ohio State team yep. that played Florida in the Florida. Fiesta Bowl. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he was, uh, I think he was a sophomore or a freshman that year. And he returned that kick, that kick or that yep. punt. And yeah, messed up his ankle. Messed up his ankle. In Glendale. I remember watching that game. Yep. Yep. In the Fiesta Bowl. But two for seven, man, listen. Yeah, I feel like y'all, y'all, y'all slighted me a little bit. I'm happy to be on the list. But 10, and I'm the father of the group because I'm the oldest. But my <laughs> when I came out, man, we had to get it from, we had to get it from the get mud. The mud. No question. But we got two Florida State guys on there. Travis Hunter. You know, I don't know how what the restrictions is, but it would be dope to kind of get Hunt on the show. And you know what? We got to get your guy Stingley on the show too. Yeah. Yeah. But Hey, with this, with this likeness thing in, in, in uh, NCAA, I don't think it'll be a problem to get them guys on the show. We just yeah. talking ball. But, but Hunter, but Hunter's still in high school. 
Oh, we can definitely get him on there. Yeah, we yeah, figure it out. We figure it out. You know what I mean? Yeah, we'll, DB, Eric, do, DB talk. Do, you, do, do your work, Eric. Do your work, Eric. DB talk. Find out what we got to do, DB talk. You know what I mean? Get DB talk on there. But we definitely get uh, Stingley on the show. And he rocking at number seven this year. Yes, sir. That thing Pressure. clean on that boy, too. And he Pressure. just went to the end. So he, my boy Stingley just went to the, the last corner to go to the, the SEC media day. Won the Jim Thorpe from LSU. What so I'm going to... No doubt about it. So I'm expecting my my guy Stingley to win a Jim Thorpe this year. That's a bold prediction. No, in fact, that's not even a bold prediction. That is a guaranteed prediction. If Stingley do what he need to do this year, he will be the Jim Thorpe winner this year. So you saying you saying Stingley the best corner in college football coming up? Did I stutter? Mm-mm. I just want to know. <laughs> you know. Hey, I tell you this: Florida State got a good one too. Uh, Brown. Jarvis Brownlee. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did yeah. hear about uh, Jarvis. I did hear about we got we, we got a few good ones down there. But Stingley got the national hype. The pressure going to mm-hmm. be on. Anytime you put in number seven on the LSU and you in the secondary, they're going to yeah. watch you differently. No doubt about it. They're going to yeah, watch you differently. Hey, that high in the sky don't lie. That's they hey, got to be watching them, baby. Hey, college football right around the corner. Boy, I'm excited. Yes, it's going to be a fun football year. Hey, but appreciate yes, that question. And you know what? We're going to try to, Eric got to do some due diligence to see about this uh, young kid, T. Hunter. Man, we get him on the show. We got to get Stingley on the show. Have some DB talk. Ah, it's halftime for us. But on the other side of the break, Florida State fans stand up. We'll be joined by head coach Mike Norvell. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. You want to bring you to the Shy? Opportunity. A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. Ladies and gents, we're back from halftime. You guys know how we rock. If you've been following the show, we go into halftime, make a few adjustments, and we had to make a huge adjustment to our staff. Usually we bring in players, offensively, defensively, quarterbacks, wide receivers, DBs, but we had to go a step above the player standpoint, and we went and got a head coach, a head coach for me. I believe he's coaching the best university in the land. When you talk about college football, when you talk about tradition, when you talk about prestige, we have all of the above. And I might be a bit biased. Who cares? I signed. I played there. But we have right now the head coach for Florida State University for the football club there in Tallahassee. Join us now. All things covered. Pat P. Bryant McFadden. Coach Novell is here with me. Coach, how you doing? Thank you for joining us. Man, I appreciate it, Brian, and uh, you know, just excited, man. We're a couple of weeks away from uh, getting on the practice field and starting fall camp, and uh, you know, it's an exciting time here in Tallahassee. 
Oh, no question. And we will tap into this upcoming season, uh, not just with Florida State, but college football in totality, man. It's going to be a different year from what we saw last year. And I think everybody there, everybody's fired up right now about college football. But, but before we get into your coaching career, but before we get into Florida State, uh, we have to mention your playing career, right? You're not a coach that never played the game. You're a coach that actually was in the line of fire at one point in time. You set all sorts of records at uh, Central Arkansas as a wide receiver. Uh, and your game was once compared to the likes of Wes Welker. Is that a fair comparison when you talk about what <laughs> Wes did uh, at Texas Tech, what he did in the National Football League, compared to what you did when you were playing the game at the wide receiver position? Well, let me tell you, I was good at finding zone coverage. Let me tell you that. I was, uh, I, I love the game. I love playing the position of receiver and just uh, you, all the things technically and, uh, you know, skill set that you got to possess there. Uh, it was it was a great time for me. I really, uh, you know, I enjoyed the process. You know, there's nothing like going out to a practice and, and getting in one-on-ones and just every day competing to, to be your best. And uh, it was it was something that helped, helped really accelerate me into my coaching career. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for that time, but I don't know if I'm on the, on that on that stage of it I, I just uh, I tried to make the most all that I had and uh, you know I'm, I'm I'm very pleased with uh, what I was able to do as a player hey coach were you a trash talker do you like talk trash to DBs you know if you get them with a one-two move or catch a nice pass on them, did you say anything or were you just a, a more of a, a a silent assassin to say the least uh, I'll say that there's every receiver's got to have a little dog in him. So I, I I like to I like to talk just a little bit back in the playing days. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. And we see that same fire from you on the sideline now as a head coach. And you talked about the process when your playing days were over. Uh, you decided to get into coaching. Uh, what did it mean to have someone uh, that believed in you, like Todd Graham believed in you, being able to allow you to follow him every stop he made? I mean, he, you were with him at Tulsa. Uh, you were with him at Pittsburgh. You were with him at Arizona State. Uh, what did his relationship, what did your relationship uh, you had with Coach Graham mean to you when they, be, when they came uh, to getting in the coaching life? Well, you know, I was so very grateful. My first year of coaching, I, I actually GA'd at Central Arkansas where I played at. And, uh, you know, I really didn't know anybody in the coaching profession. Uh, you know, it's a business of who you know. And uh, But I was fortunate that uh, Coach Malzahn, who was actually Coach Graham's offensive coordinator at, at Tulsa, um, you know, I was able to get connected with him, go over there and interview with him uh, for a GA position. And uh, I remember, I'll never forget my first time to sit down with Coach Graham. And he was a former high school coach. He had actually played small, uh, small ball, was a former All-American. And, uh, you know, there, uh, you know, in, in small ball football uh, you know, in college, but he kind of had a very similar journey and uh, you was a, a self-made man. Uh, you got opportunity to be a division one head coach. And, uh, you know, I think he understood the passion that I had. Um, you know, all I, all I wanted was an opportunity. And if I felt like if I got my foot in the door, uh, you know, if I, if I, if I was able to show the right work ethic, you know, that, that passion, that intensity and doing things uh, to the standard of, of what I wanted, uh, you know, to be represented as uh, that I would do a job well done for him and to be able to go on that journey like you mentioned I was with him for nine years and mm. uh, you know at, at every stage you know uh, I was able to get uh, you know a, a promotion more responsibility uh, you know a bigger role and uh, you know it was a, a great run that we had together you know we still stay in touch you know he's a head coach out at Hawaii now and uh, you know Gus Malzahn who's down at UCF I mean we, we I still stay in touch with those guys uh, you know uh, you know, on a regular basis because of those experiences and, and the and the relationships that we were able to build. Yeah, and talking about the experiences you had with Coach Grimm, in 2011, you were helping out with the offense there at the University of Pittsburgh, right? And during that year, during, on that team, they had a stud sophomore by the name of Aaron Donald. 
uh, a guy who clearly is the best defensive player in the National Football League. I think he's the second best player in the National Football League. Depending on who you're asking, they may say he's the best. But do you remember any standout moments from Aaron Donald? Because you saw him in practice a lot. Do you remember any standout moments from him early on in his collegiate career that kind of pinpointed to him being the dominant player that he is currently? You know, I mean, his his work ethic, his strength, I mean, just the the approach that he brought every single day to be great is what I would always remember about him. And, you know, he's he he really didn't say a whole lot. I mean, he came to work. You know, he, um, you know, he tried to, to, to let his actions speak louder than any words he needed to say. And I mean, it was, you know, his career speaks for itself, but uh, you know, I tell guys all the time, you know, I got, I got a chance to see him very early uh, in his, in his collegiate uh, career. And I mean, he was already separating himself himself by just what he was willing to invest. You know, everybody talks about wanting to be a great player, but who's willing to invest to what it takes to be that type of player. And uh, you know, plenty of people probably have, told Aaron what uh, what you know he couldn't do uh but he wasn't he wasn't worried about listening to it he was just uh, too busy investing on what it took to go out there and get it done and uh you know he's he is a, a joy to watch you know I was grateful for the time that I got the experience to uh to be a part of a staff that I, I got to see him day in and day out and uh you know he was a remarkable uh, remarkable player he's a remarkable man and uh you know just excited about the success that he's had throughout his career and the example that he is Now, Coach, back in 2015, the University of Memphis decided to make you the youngest coach in college football. I think you were 34 years old at that time. Uh, What was the biggest adjustment you had to make in becoming a head coach? You know, I think it's when 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 you make that jump, it's just the importance of every decision that, you know, everybody's looking to you. Uh, you know, the reality hit hit me. I'll, I'll never forget uh, my first day. You know, you go in, you have the uh, the press conference, you know, they're basically just standing up on a stage and say, go. It is now your program. It is now your vision. What are you looking to do? What is this program going to look like? But I remember shortly after that press conference, uh, you know, I come in the office and my administrative assistant asked me, you know, Co- coach, what time do you want me to come in tomorrow? What time do we start? And that is the moment where you realize, man, my, every decision that I make is going to impact the livelihoods of all those around us. And you, you you think about what's done on the field, but it's the organizational approach, the the investment in people and and, and who they are, helping them uh, develop on their career. That's that's the thing that I've loved about the position. But you know, I tried throughout my coaching career from when I was a GA all the way up to being a coordinator. I tried to approach each day being the best. At, that I could be at my position and my role and my responsibility, but always tried to do more preparing myself for that next step. And so uh, the, during the days that I was an offensive coordinator, I, pr- I tried to prepare as if I was the head coach. And so I think that, you know, and being under a guy like Coach Graham who gave me those opportunities with media and being around boosters, and, and I thought that helped me, um, you know, kind of accelerate the process and be, you know, you know as, as well prepared as I could be when I did get that opportunity. And uh, like I said, I'm forever grateful for that, but uh, you know, it's just, it's that, that daily impact that you get to make is what makes my job so special. And I can tell you this much during your tenure there at Memphis, uh, you had some talented players that you were able to bring into the program and you developed them. And Memphis low key has done a real good job in producing NFL like players, the pros pros, right? You look at some of the quality NFL talent. I mean, a laundry list of running backs, Daryl Henderson, who's probably going to get a lot of opportunities because of the unfortunate injury to Cam Akers, Tony Pollard, uh, Kenneth Gainwell, who I love do it all offensive weapon, Antonio Gibson for the Washington football club and wide receiver, Anthony Miller for the Chicago bears. When you look at these guys and look at the success that they're having 
at the highest level uh, and knowing that you had a hand to play in their development on the collegiate level, how does that make you feel? Uh, it, it means everything. And uh, knowing that, uh, you know, everybody talks about wanting to get to the next level. Yeah, man, I, I want, I don't want guys just to get there. I want them to stay there. I mm. want when they get, when, when they get the opportunity that they can be prepared for that opportunity. And, you know, you know, obviously the list of running backs, you know, all, all Americans, guys that, that played at a very high level, like Anthony, Daryl, I mean, Kenneth, uh, AJ, I mean, all those guys, they were special, special players, but you know, they're also special young men and their work ethic, the, the passion of what they brought, uh, you know, you, the guys that don't get mentioned that are still like, you know, the Bryce Huff, who was an undrafted free agent, Jannard Avery, a fifth round pick. Those guys have made NFL careers now and maybe they weren't as heralded. But when they still got their opportunity, they went there and they got and, and they stayed. And it wasn't that's what you know, that I get as much pride out as that as the guys that were the high draft picks as well, because it's about it's about the process. It's about what you do within your program uh, at the collegiate level. That's going to prepare guys to be successful when they get to, to, to their dream. And they get their opportunity because, you know, I mean, you, you know how short lived that can be. And, uh, you know, I just want guys to to walk in with confidence because of what they did throughout their collision experience that prepared them to have success at the highest level. And, and those guys are living that dream now. And, uh, you know, once again, I was, I was just grateful to have that opportunity to, to, to help them along that way. Coach, I'm going to put you on the spot right quick. You know, you talk about the running backs you were able to coach at Memphis that went on to have pretty nice professional careers. If you had to go to war with one, one running back out of the names I mentioned, Daryl Henderson, Tony Pollard, Kenneth Gainwell, uh, Antonio Gibson, who you picking and why? Oh, that, that's uh, I, don't, I don't know if I can be put on a spot like that. I mean, hey, they I had we had five of them, and you're not even mentioning Patrick Taylor who's with Green Bay too. And yeah, so, yeah, I forgot. Uh, Patrick. Yeah, you sit there, you sit there, and you we had five NFL backs on one team on one roster, and we had to be unique. We had to. We, I mean, we played uh, Antonio Gibson, we played Kenneth Gainwell. They played a lot of receiver and and mm -hmm. be able to mix them up. So. Uh, I'll just go ahead and take them all. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, what we're, that's, what, that's what we're looking to uh, build in here at Florida State and, and bringing the best playmakers to be able to showcase all of that within the offense. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to give you that one today. I'm going to go okay. with all of them. Well, if you I, take I, all, we know you're going to win a lot of ball games. You're going to score a lot of points. I know that much. <laughs> and, and, you know, speaking of Florida State, that's a nice segue into the Florida State uh, topic of our show with you, conversation with you. At one point in your life, you dreamed of just being a high school coach. Right. So you go from just having the big dreams of being a high school coach to coaching on Fridays in high school stadiums to now coaching at Florida State. But what was your what was the very first thought you had when Florida State approached you with their head coaching vacancy? Well, you know, I, I was humble and, uh, you know, just to have the opportunity to uh, to be able to sit down and talk about, uh, you know, what I believe uh, that this can be. And, uh, you know, it's, it's what it's been. And I'll, I'll never forget. I grew up in Dallas, Texas. Um, and I was, when I was uh, 12 years old, the very first piece of college memorabilia I ever owned uh, was a 1993 national championship license plate that sat on my wall from here at Florida state and to have guys like work done, Charlie Ward, Derek Brooks. I mean, those guys that, you know, their names were, were on that license plate. I remember, cause I was a, I was a fan, you know, even States away, but seeing the mentality of how that team played and just the, the, the you know, what this program stands for. And this, and, and, you know, you look at the sustained success that was had and with, with the teams that you played on and just, you know, what it means to be a Florida state symbol is special. And, you know, I believe that uh, to, 
have the opportunity to, to lead this program, to help get us back to where we deserve to be and where this program needs to be. Uh, it, it's just a, it's a, it's a humbling opportunity, but it's one that it's a responsibility that I absolutely do not take lightly. And, uh, and I know who and what I represent and the standard of what we need to operate. And, and talking about the standard, last year was a very difficult year. There were a lot of adversities uh, that were faced on and off the football field. But your first rookie campaign as the head coach there at Florida State, first year, uh, what was the low point of the entire season, you would say? Well, I mean, to, to say that the experiences that we had were all were all things that we had to go through. And, mm-hmm. uh, you, know, I, you know, there's a, a lot of people that can point to all the circumstances that we faced. And, you know, I'm not worried about the circumstances. I thank God that he brought me for this year, this opportunity, you know, the things that we had to work through. It was it was an, an opportunity for me to put on display to our players, you know, what it is to go through that adversity, how you're supposed to respond, what you're supposed to do to continue to work, to continue to push, to, to not lower the standard just for a short term success, but to, to set it up to build a foundation for something that when we achieve that success, we're going to stay there and, and we're going to be able to sustain it. And so, uh, you know, it, you can look to a, to a lot of uh, experiences that we face that were challenging, that were hard. Uh, you know, it's things that I, that I, quite frankly, don't ever want to have to go through again, but I'm glad we had to go through it so that, that we could go through it together and mm-hmm. to, to, to build that camaraderie and that trust of, of, you know, what our coaches are asking our players to do and what our coaches are willing to put on display day in and day out to help our players you know, achieve to the level that we believe that they're capable of. And so, um, you know, to say a low point, I mean, there's, you know, that uh, I think they were all needed experiences and mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for each and every one of them we had and it's, it's made us stronger and, and helped us to, to where we are today as we start year two. And talking about, you know, experiences that you need to go through, you had a great experience and I think you got, your signature win out of the way early in your tenure there in Tallahassee. Describes the describe the emotions of getting that huge win over North Carolina. At that time, I think they were ranked fifth in the country. No one gave you guys a shot, and you just balled out. Had a, a real nice game plan for four quarters. Were able to execute, especially on the offensive end. But just, just describe the emotions uh, you were feeling. Not just you, the entire staff, the entire team, uh, being able to knock off the number five team in the country at that time. Well, you know, it was, it was there was a lot of uh, a lot of joy throughout that evening, and uh, you know the preparation, uh, what our guys were you know invested you know throughout that week, and and then you know the way that uh, we were able to go out there and execute, we probably played one of the best halves of football I've ever been a part of, uh, and then you know in all reality in the second half there were some things that that you know we made some mistakes, they made some plays, and you know we had to try to do everything in our power to 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 sustain to finish, but. You know that that though there were still things in that game that you know even winning and having the the victory over a top five opponent that we can still point back to today where you know there's areas that we had to grow and you know that was there was things that you know were great for that evening that didn't carry over good for the next couple of weeks but it was a part of our it's a part of our process and you know yeah I'm I'll forever remember uh you know that that night because that was special it, you know for for uh, there, nobody gave us a chance to win that game but we showed that we can and but there was a, it was still to us. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that we could have improved on even in that evening that, you know, for us to play to the level that that I believe that we're capable of and we're capable of. But, you know, you take that and you continue to grow off of it. And, you know, as we saw that that kind of you matriculate throughout the season, right, you know, our guys, they, they understand this, that that standard and, and what we're pushing for, what we're looking to do and what, what we're looking to be, because they do have an example of uh, being able to look back that we could and we can. And 
and, you know, we're excited about the opportunities that we're going to have moving ahead just to continue to, to build the foundation of what we're doing. No doubt, no doubt. And coach, you're an offensive-minded coach. You know what I mean? You're a football coach, but you know, you kind of cater to the offensive side. And I know how defenders feel about that because we know you always kind of hovering around the offense because that's your specialty. And every great offense, they have great quarterbacks. And this is a heated competition you will be involved in and watching watching throughout summer ball leading into fall camp. Uh, what should we know about this quarterback quarterback competition as you guys get ready for the season between McKenzie Milton and uh, Jordan Travis? Well, I, I do got to tell you, Brian, that I spend every practice over there standing in the defensive secondary. I will say oh. thank you very much. Just so okay, you know, okay. That, hey, well, put me on game, coach. Put me on game. Field. I mean, just, you know, I know COVID, you weren't able to get out to some practice but hey hey come on uh, okay no, i love living, I, now I, I do have to be transparent that part of that is so i can always watch those quarterbacks eyes <laughs> it is, uh, but no i mean I, i'm i'm excited i'm excited about the the room that we have and uh, you know really the growth that we've seen um you got a guy like jordan travis who, who got tr- tremendous experience last year you know battled through so many injuries and uh you know really was limited in in the weeks that he was available just to practice and uh you know seeing his growth here this spring uh bringing able to bring, uh, being able to bring in a guy like Mackenzie Milton, who is a, just a, an absolute stud in everything that he does. I mean, you know, I think he's won 23 straight games as a starting quarterback in college football. Um, you know, you know, the, the, the leader that he is, you know, within the team and the team, the teammate that he, that he works to be and just building those relationships. Uh, it's exciting to see, uh, it's exciting to see these guys uh, compete. It's exciting to see them. Uh, you'll, you you push each other in the meeting room on the practice field, and everything that they're doing. And we got a couple of young quarterbacks that, that also had, we started four quarterbacks last year in a mm-hmm. nine game season. So that, it, it was, there was a challenge when it came to that, but it also provided guys an, an opportunity uh, like Tate Road, Roadmaker that, uh, um, you know, him and Shelba Purdy that got experience and and now get to see, you know, a guy that's, that's done it with McKenzie that's in that room and helping kind of, uh, you know, feed off of his leadership and example. So, uh, you know, I'm excited about the room. I'm excited about, uh, you know, the competition as we go into the fall, but, uh, you know, I, I, I really like where we are uh, with our quarterback position. Well, coach, how will you determine who will be the starting quarterback for this upcoming season? Uh, it's safe to say both guys have experience. It's safe to say both guys are playmakers, explosive quarterbacks, leadership uh, qualities as well. But the winner of that quarterback competition will have done will do what the best for you? What, what do you what are you looking for uh, looking from those guys throughout camp? Well, you know, you look at efficiency, uh, your execution, uh, guys that the explosiveness of what we bring. Uh, and it really has it's going to a lot of it's going to play to the, the strengths of our team and what we what we have around them. And, you know, because when you step on the on the field as a quarterback, you've got to make 10 guys around you better. And that's that's the the role and responsibility. And uh, you know, I, I feel very confident in the guys that we have in that room. Um, you know, you look at, at what uh, you know, McKenzie and Jordan, what they've done, as long as as well as those young quarterbacks. I mean, it's a you know, th- this is an offense that's built for playmakers. And so you know, we we're going to identify uh, throughout this fall camp, building off what we did in the spring, and see how these guys have grown throughout the summer. Uh, who's gonna who's gonna be the most efficient, effective, mm-hmm. and explosive quarterback that can help our football team? Uh, you know, be put in a position. Uh, to win games and uh, and obviously the ultimate goal is scoring points coach do you believe in playing two quarterbacks let's say you pick one guy and he is the guy going forward he's the starter for week one against Notre Dame but will you implement another body in at the quarterback position Uh, or you're just going to pick one guy and just ride with him 
this is an offense that's built for playmakers. And I say that because, man, we're going to we're going to put our playmakers in a position to make plays. And whether that is if we have to be creative in how we do that, you know, we're going to play the best 11 guys that we can play uh, on in, in every phase, offense, defense and special teams. So, uh, you know, we've we've taken defensive players and put them on the offensive side of the ball. We've done the same thing, uh, you know, in, in being able to utilize our personnel. So that's something we're always going to, um, you know, you have in the forefront of our of our mindset is that man, it's it's about putting your guys in a position to win. And that's mm-hmm. what we're going to do. I can tell you this much, Coach. You talk about putting your guys in position to win. Uh, the first sign of a real quality football club is to win on the recruiting trail. And right now, I mean, you're hibachi hot. Florida State is considered one of the hottest teams in the country when it comes to recruiting. Uh, the 2022 class is looking like they're going to be a prolific class, not to mention you had a heck of a, a 2021 class, by the way. I love a few of those guys that you signed, a few studs, a few hidden gems, I think, going to be productive uh, throughout their collegiate career there in Tallahassee. But how did you guys get so hot? I mean, sometimes, you know, you talk about teams that are kind of in the rebuilding process with new staff. They kind of get in the microwave and kind of like – it's a process. I mean, you jump right on the grill, man. That grill, that gas grill was already piping in. Man, you're on fire. But how did that happen? Well, you know, we, we spent a lot of time investing in the relationship. And, uh, you know, from the, from the first day that I that I got here, you know, we started the, the process of building relationship with, with coaches, uh, you know, with, with, with these prospects, you know, not only in the 21 class, but the 22 class, 23 class, uh, those, those, those relationships, I mean, it's, it's takes time. And uh, that's something that, uh, you know, I, now I did not foresee not being able to have kids uh, or recruits on campus for 15 months. So it, it was, uh, you know, when June hit, we, we were definitely excited about, uh, you know, being able to get the face-to-face interaction, but it's about sharing the vision. It's about, uh, you know, you know, getting these guys around so they get to, to, to truly see uh, and be around our players and hear the stories and, and, the, and how we're implementing that day in and day out. Um, because it, I don't have a, there, there is no sales pitch to come play at Florida State. You don't, you don't need one. You need to present the, the what, what the reality is going to be, how, they're, how these guys are going to be taken care of, how they're going to be developed, you know, the standard of how we're going to operate. Uh, you know, I, I tell guys, man, if, if they don't like hard work, do not come here. Right. Uh, because they, you know, if they come here, we are going to work. We are going to push. We're going to develop. And, you know, we're expect guys to to truly, you know, be passionate about being the best version of them and everything that they do. And, you know, when, when you have a place like this, this is special. Uh, you know, there, there is a standard of, of how we operate and, and an expectation for what's in front of us. But, you know, Florida State, it, it sells itself on, on the opportunity. It's, it's up to us to make sure that we're going out and finding the right fit and the right young men that are going to help get this program back to where it deserves to be. And, you know, we've got a lot of, uh, a lot of excitement on the recruiting trail, but, uh, you know, I, I can tell you we're getting the right guys that are coming to be a part of this program. And you know what, Coach, because of the momentum that you've had when it comes to recruiting, you know, some other coaches might not take so kind to those uh, uh, hot streaks that you're having right now. And there was a coach in the same state. I'm not saying he actually specifically were targeting you with this comment or the University of Florida State University. But Manny Diaz had this to say in June, we're not a high pressure outfit. There's a lot of schools that kind of press the kids to try to commit to get some fake momentum. They can win the recruiting bake off in the month of June. But just because that's not signing day, we want to be authentic. Uh, What do you make of those comments from rival head coach Manny Diaz? Uh, I'll tell you, everybody's everybody's got a, an opinion of, of where they are and uh, you know their current situation. And 
you know, we're just going to continue to be uh, be true to who we are. And it's it's about building a relationship, uh, sharing the vision of, of um, you know, what we you know, what we're doing and how we're doing it. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, that's uh, that's all I can focus on. I'm not I try not to worry about uh, you know what's going on at, at other places, um, you know, with other situations. And, you know, for us, it's just uh, it's about doing the work and continuing to, to build the relationships the right way. And uh, you'll bring the best fits here to, uh, to Florida State. Well, I can tell you this much, Coach. It seems like Manny Diaz is living in a fish a fishbowl world where he's able to look and see what everybody else is doing. And like you said, if you're paying attention to what everybody else is doing, you're not paying attention to what you should be doing. So with that being said, I'll say what you probably can't say or you don't want to say. We don't care what you, which, how you feel, Manny Diaz. What? You're a rival. We don't like you. You don't like us. That's how it's supposed to be. And the first thing you need to do to your rival, you need to beat them on the recruiting trail and then beat them on the football field. So you continue to beat Miami on the recruiting trail like you've been doing, and you're going to handle the rest in late November, if I'm not mistaken. So I'll say what you probably don't want to say. But hats off to you guys because you've done a real good job. And talking about recruiting, yo, coach, <clears throat> man, you got a stud committed to this 2022 class uh we, we we me and pat p were top ranked corners uh when we came out of high school you know i'm the senior of the group and then they had me 247 sports they had me ranked number 10 out of the highest rated corners ever ever since you know they they came up with that composite ranking scale or whatever it is i feel some type of way coach because you know i didn't have the, the i don't have i didn't have the resources some of these kids have to go to all these different camps to really showcase how good i was so i kind of had to get mine from the mud but they had me number 10 they had Pat P number seven, and I looked at a number one guy from 247, the highest ranked corner ever, ever, is Florida State commit Travis Hunter, class of 2022. And they also have him ranked the number one wide receiver for the 2022 class as well. Uh, what makes him so special? And just talk about the relationship you have with him. Right. You know, I cannot talk about any 22 recruit. I'm sorry. That might, that, that might be recruit that might be committed to us. So I will, I will not talk about uh, any specific individual, but I will say I'm very excited uh, about the class that we have and uh, the type of young men that, uh, and, and the playmakers that, that we have, that we're going after in, in the 22 and 23, uh, you know, classes and beyond. So, uh, you know, you, you try to get me with the NCAA. I, man. I, I, I got, to, I, I got fired up. <laughs> hey coach, my bad about that, but I can tell you this much. I, I told 247, they did me wrong. Cause I'm ranked too low. I can't be number 10. Like, I mean, like number 10, like really? Well, like well, they got hey, me. I'll say this. I'll say this. If, if any, any corner that we recruit that, Hey, you, right, man, if they're on the same list as you, I'm feeling pretty good about it. So, hey, that's, uh, hey, you did yours. I promise you that. I can tell you this much. We, of course, he's a commit. Um, but, you know, seeing Florida State have two representatives on that list, the only other school that had two representatives on that list was LSU, I think, with Stingley and Pat P. So, you know, they always had that conversation floating around the football world, college football, DBU, DBU, DBU. Man, Florida State has been known to be DBU since the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and, and, and so on and so forth. So, hey, that's a conversation for debate, but I can tell you this much, the kid can go. So we're going to just leave it at that. I know you can't say too much about him, but the kid can go, and I can't wait to see him in that garden and go. But one thing you can talk about, Coach, I believe you can. I don't know what the rules and regulations are. The transfer portal. Uh, you've done a real good job in identifying certain 
players that fit what you're trying to do, what you're trying to build there in Tallahassee, not just on the offensive end. We talked about Mackenzie Milton, but you, you've done a great job, you know, getting some tra- transfers on the defensive end as well. How do you approach and balance bringing in transfers uh, versus high school kids? Well, you know, this year was unique. I mean, you, with the with the dead period and the lack of evaluation opportunities that we had, you know, with the with the twenty one class, uh, you know, it, it presented it's presented a challenge. And so you know, we ended up signing fifteen high school players. You know, it, it, interesting enough that five of those guys that we signed actually played for former Seminoles and guys that were were their coaches that had a had a great understanding of who these young men were, but also how they would fit into our program. And um, you know, when and then you look back to our team and the needs that we had. We were the youngest team in all of college football last year. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I mean, our young players, you know, they got experience. But you know, when it comes to the leadership and 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 you know the guys that are in that locker room that can tell them and kind of show them the ropes of what it is to to be productive. I mean, we we brought in, you know, uh, I, I think it's sitting there 10, uh, 11, 12 transfers, mm-hmm. I mean, over three hundred games of college of college football experience that are now that has now been added into our roster and once again you know we weren't going to we weren't going to lower the standard each one of these guys that we brought in with the right fit for Florida State they were guys that that are passionate about not only their individual experience that they're going to have but but who they get to do it with and yeah. to be a part of this team to be a part of this university and what we represent and that's what has me as, as excited as anything else because these guys are great leaders and great teammates and you know they, they were able to gel uh, most of them were here for the spring semester seeing them gel together uh, it was it's it's been incredible to watch but uh, really excited about what that group is bringing to bring the 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 experience and production along with the youth that we have that's continuing to develop. And my hats are hats off to you and your staff because most of the guys that you guys added transfers, not most of all, they had to pick up the litter and what university they wanted to go to, what staff they wanted to be coached by. They decided to be coached by you and your staff. So that tells me you guys are no you you know what to say and how to get these kids to buy into what you're selling. And that's a great, great method to have when it comes to building championship like programs on the collegiate field. And not surprised to see the success as I talked about on the recruiting trail as well, because the same things that you're selling and you're telling these kids that are experienced transfers is doing the same things to their parents and to players that are high school prospects. So you guys are definitely uh, clicking on all cylinders. Uh, Real last question before we transition to the superlative part of the show, Coach, uh, with the new news from the NCAA that released, what, three or four weeks ago with the NIL, players being able to capitalize off their name, image, and likeness, uh, we've seen some huge, huge opportunities for these players off the football field. Nick Saban, who we had on the show some months ago, uh, just mentioned that Bryce Young is going to see around a million dollars. He's yet to start one game for Alabama. But how do you, as a coach, knowing that this is a new territory for everybody involved, plan on being able to keep everything in perspective with some of these players because you know you were once a collegiate athlete I was as well and seeing some of these opportunities these players may have it could be easy for them to get a bit distracted and lose focus but how do you plan on keeping everybody dialed in well, you know, first off, I'm excited the opportunity that our that our student athletes are getting to be able to 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 benefit off their name, image, and likeness, and to be able to 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 have deals like that to, to help throughout the collegiate experience. But you know, at the end of the day, like I tell our guys, it's you know, you 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 have the choice. This is your business. What do you want to invest your time in? Yes, there are going to be there are going to be deals that are going to fit you know the the profile of what you want to do and what you want to accomplish. 
but you know anything that's going to pull you away from continuing to develop you as a player as a as a young man as a student as as a student uh on your journey of where you're trying to go you know that's where you've got to be you know wise and to be able to manage your time to the best uses of what you're trying to do because at the end of the day you know these guys the the, the opportunity that's in front of them you know, as a player, as a person, you know, developing to be the man that they're going to be. I mean, it's it's exciting. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want to see guys that get distracted because they're trying to do almost too much yeah. to where they miss out on the opportunity to grow, to be the best player that they can possibly be, to be able to achieve the dreams of, of you know, being the, 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 the highest draft pick, the, to be able to have the NFL success, to be able to set themselves up as a college graduate so that they can, that they can have that education. That's going to always be with them, you know, rather than sell it, settling for something that in the short term that, you know, might not have that same lasting impact, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited for our players and the opportunities that they're provided and uh, you know, the things that they're, that they're, that they are receiving to be able to, uh, to help throughout this journey. Uh, no question. I think it's up to a million dollars in sponsorships for Bryce Young. So, hey, it is what it is. I, I mean, I'm happy for the kids because for such a long time, they have not been able to make any money based on their skill sets on and off the football field. So it's a plus. But like you said, you have to keep everything in perspective. Coach, I know you handle a lot of pressure as a player, as a coach. So now we're going to transition to the superlative part of our show. I want your honest, unbiased answer. First question for you. Favorite part? And being the head coach for Florida State, what's the best part in being the head coach of Florida State? It's the people, the the people that I that I get to impact each and every day, the relationships that I built with the former players and who I represent. I mean, it's it is special when when you get you get to build those relationships. There's nothing like it, and to see the type of men that 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 have come before me. It is. Uh, I truly think that is the greatest thing about the job that I have and the responsibility that I have. Who do you hate more? Miami or Florida? <laughs> I, I've, I've got to pick one. You got to pick one. <laughs> Who do you hate more? I, I tell you what, I haven't got to I haven't got to coach or in against either of them yet. So uh, I, I'm excited about both opportunities. I can I can tell you that. Okay, so I guess it's safe to say they're on the same level when it comes to hate. So who would win? And coach, you know, you played wide receivers, but I want to know who would win in a foot race. Norvell, Mike Norvell, Manny Diaz, or Dan Mullen? Oh, man, I'm feeling good about myself in this one. <laughs> so so if you're first, who comes second? Who comes dead last? Oh, I don't, I, I don't have the scouting report on that one. <laughs> you can just look at the body, the body, the body stature and probably pick who probably come dead last. Dan Mullen better be the one who come dead last. I hope Manny Diaz don't let Dan Mullen beat him in a foot race. Come on. But oh, I know I, I'll take you as well. I'll take you first because of your uh, your football pedigree, wide receiver pedigree, and you're still in pretty good shape, Coach. So I, you better win that one. Uh, <laughs> when you look at the off-season training, spring practices you guys were able to get through leading up to uh, summer camp, who's probably been the biggest surprise when you look at your roster? You're like, wow, this guy's actually, you know, better than I thought, or he's just been so consistent on his job, doing a great job. You, 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 you're so excited about him this upcoming season. Who's been his biggest surprise player so far, based on what you saw, what you've seen throughout offseason uh, training and spring football? Well, you know, I think just the overall development. A guy like 
Amari Gaynor, who is maybe not mm. saying a, a surprise, but a, you know, cause last year Amari had, had a lot of flash plays and he was, he was productive in what he did. Uh, but just, you know, his, his continued investment in, in um, learning the defense and, and getting the, the, the finer details, you know, his flexibility and versatility, what he does. Uh, he's a guy I'm really excited about and just be able to see that him take that next step in his game um, and all the things that we're going to ask him to do uh, really excited about him on the defense side and then you know Jay Sean Corbin on the offensive side you know coming yeah. on you know Jay Sean played you know he was I mean he was an Iron Man for us last year you know he played practiced I think it was in every single practice last year uh, didn't miss anything you coming off of a of a pretty catastrophic injury there that hamstring uh, the hamstring yes absolutely and and seeing him kind of get that burst back and uh, you're just the worker that he is uh, a tremendous teammate uh, you know guy that I think is, is positioned himself to have a real breakout year you know along with the other backs that we have I'm excited about that about him and that group Okay, last question for you, Coach. We're going to let you go. We know you got ACC Media Day coming up on Thursday. Matter of fact, this is your first media day because everything was canceled. So I know you're excited about that opportunity as well. But the last question I have for you, and I need an answer. I know I know you can't you can't hit me with a slant and go on this one. You got to hit me with that straight slant and, and face the pressure from that wheel backer that might try to drill you. Growing up a Florida State fan, you talked about the license plate 1993. So I know you watched a lot of Florida State football. Give me your Florida State Mount Rushmore. Oh, Lord. You got to run that slant, Coach. You can't hit me with a slant and go. You got to run the slant. <laughs> I need your Florida State Mount Rushmore. I mean, that is – I mean, how do you – I don't – I can't put – I can't put four to it. Let me just tell no, no, you Nicole, that. it's a two-minute situation. We got to score seven <laughs> points. We got to score a touchdown, Coach. I need your, I need your best two-minute plays for this drive. ACC championship game is on the line. We got to go. We got to score seven points. This pressure. I need oh, your Florida Lord. State Mount Rushmore. I mean, that's, I mean, you've got some, you got some of the greatest players to ever play the game that have been yep. a part of this program. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know if uh, I think I'm gonna have to go slay and go on you because I know if I name four, I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a laundry list of guys after oh, this. After what this. is your list? <laughs> it's your list. It's your list. I know. I know we've got three Heisman trophies that are sitting in that sitting in that lobby right now. You got three. And you got okay, can okay. So you got three Heisman trophy winners. Okay, all but I will tell you, I, I will tell you that you, you very well could have said that there should have been at least a handful more guys on the defensive side of the ball that you know I've got some that uh uh, that I can't mention that our great players due to uh due to NCAA recruiting. Okay, uh, you know, so there, so there's there's I'll give you mine. Uh, go ahead. Let me hear the Dion Absolutely. Sanders, Ron Simmons, and I gotta go quarterback. I'll go Charlie Ward, and that final, that final. <laughs> I probably got to go Fleet of Peter. I got to go Peter Ward. I mean, yes. And just to think that you still got Derek Brooks. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, you're talking about. You like, got Terrell Buckley. You got D. I mean, Brooks. But, you got, oh, you got Jameis mean, Winston, Chris Winky. Like, it's work done. I mean, you got work done. Uh, Heck, I mean, Dalvin it, Cook. I mean, Dal some I mean, people Dalvin, say Cook like, was the best running. It was the best running back. That's some what some people say, you know, but. So that's why that's why I'm glad you have your list. Hey, 
like I said, my favorite part of this job is who I get to represent. And all those, all those greats, all the guys that, have, I mean, you know, we, we said, we got 45, 45 first round draft picks that have come through this program. And I mean, it, you know, the almost 300 All-Americans, it is, it, it, this is a program that, you know, it, the standard of how we operate and the thing that is, is incredible, you can go through that list and all the great players, but who they are, who they are as people and what they represent, it's, it is, uh, it's special. And uh, you know, like I said, I'm grateful. I understand the responsibility I have to make sure that, uh, that, that we're living up to, to, to that standard each and every day and how we operate. And, you know, we are, we are going to get this program back to where it deserves to be. And when we get there, you know, we're, we're going to stay there because of the foundation that we're building. And that's what I'm excited about. And, uh, you know, I, I look, I'm looking forward to the future. Well, coach, you don't have to recruit me, you know, cause I already signed with Florida state, but it's not like you're trying to recruit <laughs> me all over again. And I see yeah. why you got these kids committing, these parents committing to you because you're saying the right things, and I see the passion coming out you. But you don't have to recruit me all over again. But if you want to, I can probably give you a few uh, uh, snaps here or there, especially in the I red will, zone. Uh, hey, we'll take the reps. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but listen, Coach, it's been an honor having you join me here. All things covered. Patrick Peterson, Brian McFadden. Quality conversation with head coach of Florida State, Mike Novell, getting ready for this upcoming season. College football is right around the corner. I smell the grass, and that grass smells so good. He's getting ready for his first legit media obligation media day for the ACC will take place in Charlotte, North Carolina, if I'm not mistaken, this upcoming Thursday. Coach, man, it's an honor joining me here. Uh, wish you nothing but success. You don't need to say good luck because when you prepare, you don't need luck. Everything else will follow in suit for what you get ready to do. So wish you nothing but success. A healthy, healthy season this year. And go Knowles. Absolutely. Thank you, Brian. Go Knowles. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search... The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Beats.